Welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is the press arrives. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who supported the company so far. If you haven't got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching at murdycreative.co to see the best of our product shots. Follow us, keep up to date with our daily photos, and be the first one to know about new product launches. You can also use the subscribe button at the bottom of our website to be included in all of our new product announcements. Be sure to check out our laser engraving, personalization options, and exclusive colors on the website, or you can blank one on Amazon Prime. All right, so I had done all of the research that I talked about in the last podcast to work on figuring out how to get this press in the building through the doorways. And just to recap that briefly, what I'd figured out was that because the bricks that are used in building the workshop were all 8 by 8 by 8 mason stone, the logical conclusion is that if you were going to make a door frame, you were going to make it four or five blocks wide. But because the doors themselves are 36 inches wide with a wood trim frame, that means that they had to be 40 inches from stone to stone on the masonry. So I pulled the trim off the door and I found that that actually was the case. Well, the press is exactly 40 inches deep and we needed to put it on something that would be a pallet that would allow us to move it through the workshop, right? Because it's, it's a one-ton press. There's no way for us to be able to lift it anyway. So we needed to have it on something that we could permanently leave it on that we could move it around on. And I knew we wanted, I wanted to put it on um, a nice pallet, something that was going to last a long time, was going to be durable and was going to last. And, and that was going to be critical because the pallet itself also needed to be no wider than 40 inches from a depth perspective. And the press itself is 48 inches wide. So a 40 by 48 inch pallet would be the ideal setup. And lo and behold, but Uline had a galvanized aluminum pallet that was designed to hold up to 5,000 pounds. And it was exactly 40 by 48. So I went and had one of those pallets delivered to the place, the warehouse where the press is at. And Smedley, I, I wanted to go check just to see that it arrived. I just wanted to kind of check on it and see how it make sure that it was the proper dimensions. It actually was 40. And so I went there and Smedley just says, well, do you want to put it on the, you want to put the, the press on the pallet now? So they're thinking, well, yeah, that'd be excellent because I didn't really have a plan for what the time frame or timeline was going to be to get this press in the workshop. I knew what I wanted, but I didn't really have a way to do that. So what he does is he calls one of his guys out with the, and grabs the forklift that's got special tongs that are designed or, or um, tines that are designed to uh, expand and contract. Um, so the forks themselves are able to adjust inward and outward. And so we line it up and we have it under the lift points on the press because the press itself is actually, it's really well set up for forklift lifting it. So we lift it up, pull the wooden pallet out, line up the aluminum pallet, set it down, and then mark where the holes, because the press has three feet that all have holes in them, ostensibly for exactly this purpose, with bolts. So we line it up, and then what we ended up doing was he had some scrap steel that was uh, probably half-inch thick steel plate, quarter-inch steel plate, whatever it was, um, that he'd line around. And so he pulls out all of his tools, and he just grinds off footers for me because I realized that the problem was that the lines on the, the pallet, the, the deck of the pallet, didn't line up. The, the cross sections didn't line up exactly with where the holes were in the feet of the press when it was properly set up on this 
this palette. But the problem is, is that we needed to have something that would basically go underneath the press deck or, or so underneath the palette deck that would then be, it would, it would, the bolt would go through the, the gap and then it, that, that would be screwed down tight. So it would basically be, um, would press up into the palette. The, the little metal footer would press up into the palette and kind of sandwich the press foot to the palette. That was the, that was the goal. So he just grinded off a couple of four by four pieces of steel. We put it in the place. We lined it all up. We drilled with a drill he had through it. And then we, he had this special tool. I'd never seen one before. It's very cool. It was a type of riveting system for uh, putting screws into single-sided things. I, I, I don't know how to describe it better than that, but you'll get this picture as I go further. And I'll tell you why. So the three feet, the front two feet, are kind of in the center of the pallet. But the last foot, the back foot, is right on the very edge of the pallet. And that part of the pallet had a solid block underneath it it looked like it was actually hollow technically because the whole thing was hollow aluminum functionally bar stock, but, um, or tube stock. I don't know what it's called when it's hollow, but regardless, it was all hollow. And so there was no way to put a plate underneath it because it was, uh, there was a post in the way. But what he did is he drilled a hole through the top of it into the opening cavity put this rivet style thing down. And then he, it was kind of like you, you, he like rotated it or any kind of then spread it apart. And what it did, it did was it took and it, it compressed the rivet with, which had, which was pre-threaded. It compressed the rivet and spread it out underneath in the space, uh, where it had that opening for the, the, the galvanized aluminum, the hole we drilled. So it was really cool. And the good news is the way that the press is, the press is pretty heavy on the backside because of obviously that's where the engine, the motor, the oil, all of that is. Um, so the press is pretty heavy on the backside. So we didn't really need a super heavy duty, thick bolt on the backside to keep, cause it's not going to likely tip backwards. It's likely, or sorry, it's not going to likely tip forwards. It's going to, it's going to be more likely to tip backwards because the weight's all in the back. So the back bolt is not as thick as the front bolts, which are very robust. So he had the guy with the forklift, then lifted up. We, everything aligned, we drilled holes, we put it all in place and we, we put the press back down on it attach the press to this metal pallet. So now that the press is, is firmly cemented and firmly attached to this pallet, and he goes, well, do you want, when do you want it delivered? When do you want us to drop it off? And I said, well, when do you have time? He goes, how about tomorrow? And this was yesterday. He goes, how about tomorrow? And I'm like, well, yeah, that'd be great. And so today the press is arriving. So last night I stayed late at work and was ripping door frames out of the door. Now, obviously I want to put them back in place after we're done. So I have to carefully try to reverse engineer these door frames. Now, the door frame has a couple of parts. Once you remove the trim, there are three pieces of trim from the edge, it reveals that there is a piece, two pieces of wood up against the masonry. There's the three pieces of wood that form the actual door frame, and then there was shims put in, little pieces of wedges of wood put in between them, and I'm guessing it was to kind of properly space and frame the door so that it wouldn't slide, move, or do anything. And the frame was very well built. It was a very robust setup. So what I had to do to get it to work was I had to pull off the trim, and then I had to break away the shims, all of the shims. And then once the shims were broken away, I was able to pull the 
what the there was like I said the three inner parts that formed the frame of the door I had to pull those away from the wood anchors the wood plates that were anchored into the masonry and set that aside carefully so that I can put it back later and then I had to pull the wood plates that were anchored with with uh, nails into the masonry away from the masonry once this is all done though it's exposed masonry I was able to get one done one door done in about an hour yesterday I have two more to go um, but. I can get those done hopefully shortly. So the press is going to arrive. It's going to need to be taken off of the truck with a front loader that has going to have uh, forks on it. But remember, it's on a pallet, so it's, it, and it's very well attached to that pallet. So the front loader is going to come in with the forks attached to the front loader. It's going to pull the pallet off the back of the truck, and then it's going to move it through the front glass doors, which are double doors that open outwards like hospital doors. So it's got plenty of width. I'm going to carefully set that down inside that, the kind of the front, it's, it's a little box. It's got, there's normally two doors. There's a, an inner door and an outer door. So it's going to set it in that area. The inner door, I just took the frame, I took it out of the frame and it's just the bare masonry. And so we'll be able to then run the pallet jack into that room, hoist up the thing and then slowly, very carefully with very perfect alignment, try to move it through that door space. And I've got a sander where I'm going to sand, you know, an eighth of an inch at quarter of an inch off the masonry in areas that need to to get it through which i don't think will affect its structural integrity at all and it also won't be visible because the door frame is going to go back on so that'll allow us to pull it through now one of the big issues with this that i'm actually very concerned about is that the press itself is exactly the width of the door and it's a one-ton press so even though it's going to be on wheels if the alignment of that is off at all by more than just a tiny little bit, it's going to wedge itself into the door frame, and it's one ton, so it's not going to be like, it's going to be easy to move if it's wedged. So I'm very concerned that when we move this thing in, it's going to be off a little bit, it's going to get wedged in place, and I'm not going to be able to push it out of the way, and I'm going to have to, I don't know, I don't know what I'll do at that point, I'll have to get creative. Um, now that's a, I, I say, because I'm concerned about that, I think, you know, I'm thinking about ahead about that, I think I can avoid it. And I think the answer to this whole equation for me is going to be to just go slow, to just go very slow and very methodical and very meticulous and be very, very, you know, judicial about not trying to rush the process. On the good side of things, today will be the first day that we will have all of our teammates back in the workshop, which will be excellent. I think we'll be able to get a lot of production done. Right now, I think we're at 12 days, but we're close to being at 10. I think we may, maybe not today, but probably tomorrow. We may be back within our 10-day lead time, and I think we'll be able to really catch up very quickly after that point. Because when we announced that we were, you know, closed down and whatever, the sales dropped to very little. I mean, I turned off most of the marketing, but the sales dropped to very low, which means that there's not that many orders once we get within 10 days. There's not that many orders between the 10 days and now that we need to get through at that point. So I think we can fly through getting caught up. And I think we'll still be able to, to kind of keep on our schedule that we were hoping to keep on. And I'm excited. I think the press being in the workshop by the end of this week, I have still have to get the, either the variable phase converter, or sorry, VFD, the variable phase device, um, or the phase converter, both of which, one of them, the variable frequency device is a uh, digital, functionally, it's like a digital phase converter. And then a phase converter is just a mechanical phase converter. And that converts single phase power, which is like what's running in your house, to three phase power, which is more commonly used for motors. 
the press itself is a three horsepower press, so I need to get a three phase, a three horsepower, three phase converter or a variable frequency device. And the reason why you would go with a variable frequency device versus a phase converter is you can dial up or dial down the amount of power that the variable frequency device is drawing, which in our purpose may actually be better because I don't think we have very much power. We only think about you know, it, the power in our location is split with the rest of the warehouse. And I think there's only about 100 to 120 amps is what our electrician is, is estimating that goes to our area. So with all of our machines running and the microwave running and the, you know, all of the things running that can run in that workshop, plus a phase converter, it's a three horsepower phase converter, it's very possible that we could trip circuits. So we may end up using a, a variable frequency device just because that'll allow us to say, draw less power. Now, that means that the press will run slower. It'll compress at a slower pace. I don't think that's necessarily the end of the world. We're not really running a high-speed operation for the most part, and the press is already going to be way, way faster than our current system. So we may be able to get away with that. But the hope is that once the press is in the room, we can have the electrician come out, wire it all up, and we'll have the phase converter at that point. Um, and I, I got to talk with, I got a friend who actually sells phase converters and variable frequency devices, and he's also a friend of the electrician. So the three of us are going to get together and talk about what we think is the appropriate thing for this particular operation. And we'll get the device, we'll get it installed, and my hope, God willing, and if things go well, that by maybe early next week, we could already have the press in operation, which is incredible and shocking and frankly is not what I expected, but uh, it's working out well. And we saved $1,700 in having to replace the window that I was going to go through because we don't have to break the glass now. Thank God I didn't. And um, we don't have to worry about paying millwrights to move it in. And the machine doesn't have to get tipped. It doesn't have to get elevated. It just rolls through doors very carefully. So. And even better is when I have to reverse this process and take it back out, it won't have to go through the window again. It'll be back out through the doors the way it came in. So I'm excited. All good things. Um, it's a little ray of sunshine in an otherwise relatively difficult situation. So I think it's going to be good. And we got to add two more engravers. And I think with the faster press, two more engravers, the better workshop with six workshop desks, the 10 foot by four foot table for cutting, all of these things, I think we're going to be kind of really locking into a process that will be much quicker, much more efficient, and far, far better for us to be able to get things out the door. Hopefully with our lead times down to, I'd like our lead times down to be one to two days. I'd like us to get back to that point, um, which I think we can handle. I think we can make it happen, especially before Christmas. That's my hope. All right, thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to check back on tomorrow, or sorry, Tuesday for that next topic. And don't forget to check that subscribe button and the notification bell to be sure to get the latest podcast right away. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binder, journal, folio, anything else we sell, please feel free to contact us on the main page of our website at murdycreative.co. You can also contact us via Instagram and Facebook. You can text, email, call, direct message, all the usuals. We'll do our best to get back to you as soon as possible, but we do appreciate your patience. If you have any quick questions or you want to place an order over the phone, you can feel free to call us at 414-434-9001. Uh, we're available Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time. You can also text us at that number as well. It's 414-434-9001. Uh, if you don't get a hold of us during those regular work hours or, you know, after work hours, uh, please do leave us a voicemail. We do listen to them. We try to respond to them as quickly as we can. And if you are going to leave us a voicemail and it's about a specific order, if you're able to include the order number, it does make it a lot easier for us to be able to identify you and, and properly communicate back with you all the details. If you think we deserve it, a good review can go a long way to help us grow our new community. Uh, both a review on the podcast app on whatever app you're listening on, uh, as well as a review on the product itself. 
You can read all of our amazing five-star reviews at murdycreative.co slash reviews. If you go to that page, there's a button there that says leave us a good review. You click on that. It'll take you to facebook.com slash murdycreative.co slash reviews. It says, do you recommend the Murdy Creative Company? Click yes, and you can write your amazing review. We love them. We read them. They encourage us every day. If for whatever reason you'd leave us a bad review, uh, please give us an opportunity to make it right. It's deeply important to me personally that everyone has a good experience with the company as well as with the product. And we'll do anything in our power, including refunding, recrafting, to make things right. There's another button on that page, getting directly in contact with us. If you click on that button, it'll get you directly in contact with us and we can work on resolving whatever the issue is. And we really appreciate when you guys give us the opportunity to do so. Word of mouth is the best form of advertising, so please tell your friends. If you'd like to get a little something for doing that, go check out our website, murdycreative.co. In the bottom left-hand corner, there's a rewards button. You click on that rewards button, it'll take you to, you can just log in. And when you log in, you get 5% back on any purchase you make as in-store credit. But you also get a shareable link in that shareable in that area. A shareable link gives your friends and family $5 off their first purchase, and you get $5 back as in-store credit. So it's a great way to share us and helps you a little bit in the meantime. If you have any podcast topics you want to hear more about, send them my way. I'm always happy to talk about just about anything. Uh, so you can leave it in the comments below on YouTube if you're watching, or you can send us an email, sales at murdycreative.co, sales at murdycreative.co to get in contact with us. If you're looking for multiple binders for gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason, uh, we do have bulk discounts available. It's based off the total cart quantity, and it is built directly into the cart. So all you need to do is mix and match to your heart's desire, add everything into the cart, and the automatic bulk discount for the appropriate quantity should be applied. If you don't have a specific quantity in mind, but you're instead looking for kind of a specific price point or you have a specific discount you need for a budget reason, feel free to reach out to us and we'll be able to kind of talk you through with the bulk discount program, how it's built, how it's set up. Uh, we can work on finding that appropriate quantity uh, to get you down to that unit price that you want if we can. If you also are looking for a custom engraved item, we have no minimum order quantities and no setup fees. It's just a simple flat fee of $15 per item. It can go up a little bit depending on size and complexity. Um, and that's before the bulk discount. So if you're going to get just one, it's probably about $15. But if you're going to get a whole bunch, it can actually be a lot less. Uh, so definitely check that out. If you're interested in getting a custom engraved item or you want to learn more, feel free to send us an email, sales at murdycreative.co. That's sales at murdycreative.co. Be sure to attach whatever logo or design you'd like to have engraved. We can't do anything that's copyright protected, but as long as it's either fair use or you have the permissions to do it, we can do it. Uh, but be sure to include that as well as whatever product you're interested in. We can create a free mock-up as well as a custom order link for you to use. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great day and goodbye.